This is the Proud American Podcast, and I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones. As many of you know, I'm a Marine Corps veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan, and of course, a proud American. At this point, the threat of coronavirus has affected nearly every aspect of our lives. But back in May, many people were surprised when national cemeteries were restricted to family members only on Memorial Day. I've buried too many friends in Arlington National Cemetery and visited their graves every Memorial Day when I lived in D.C. But one proud American, Emily Dominich, of Alexandria, Virginia, used her smartphone and patriotic spirit to bring the headstones of our heroes to their friends and family. Joining us today is Emily. How's it going, Emily? Thanks for being on here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So tell me, how exactly did this happen? How did you end up, and I guess, tell me what happened as well. Uh, yeah, so first of all, it happened, I think, completely by chance. Um, I, uh, I, I have a, my grandfather is buried at Arlington Cemetery, um, and I, like you, uh, have always visited him, um, visited his grave every Memorial Day and Veterans Day for the last probably 10 years. Um, and I, I went as usual as my normal plan to, to, to go and visit him on Memorial Day. And when I started looking into it, I saw that there were a lot of restrictions, but that family members who had a family member pass could still go into the cemetery. Um, so I went on, on Monday morning on Memorial Day, um, and it was a completely different feel than I'd seen in previous years. Um, it was quieter. There were less people waiting in line. There were no major events with the president or dignitaries in, in attendance. Um, and the cemetery looked really different to me. Um, so at that point, I thought to myself, you know, hey, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to come here to visit my grandfather, but, but probably there are thousands of people um, like yourself um, who want to visit their buddies who wouldn't have the opportunity to come in here today because of the restrictions. Um, and that's what made me think to send out a tweet and see if anybody was looking to have folks honored on Memorial Day. That's awesome. So I guess kind of the, to, to summarize, you were one of the few people who could visit the cemetery because you had a direct family member there. And instead of just enjoying your time there, you decided to dedicate your time with your grandfather, really, um, so that people all over the country could at least see a headstone and know someone paid respects to their friend and family member that day. Yeah, that, that was the hope. Um, I, you know, I, I, I went and found my grandfather. He was a, he was a career Army officer um, who served in World War II, Vietnam and Korea. Um, and spent a little time there. And, and then I went and looked at my phone and I had four or five responses on this tweet with people who I'd never met saying, Hey, if you're, if you're still there, could you go to, you know, section 60 or section 72 and visit, you know, so-and-so and And folks were sending me the names and the coordinates for the graves, which, you know, makes it a little bit easier to get around Arlington. And I, I thought that would probably be it. Um, but by the time I had visited the third or fourth grave um, and I had brought some flowers with me, so I was leaving flowers on the gravestones of strangers and taking a photo and sending it to the person who had sent the tweet. By the time I got through the first three or four, I had dozens of requests. And, and I knew at that point that, that maybe this was going to be a, a longer uh, an initiative than I had originally planned. Um, and, and then I think three hours later, I, I had a list that was so long, I, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to get through it. Did you have anybody helping you out? Like, I, I know you like to run from your social media. So were you literally running across the cemetery or did you have somebody helping you out or how did that work? Yeah. So, so at the beginning I was, I was taking my time because I thought, you know, maybe I'll have 10 requests and it'll be easy for me to get through this this morning. Um, but, but by the time it really took off, it was so overwhelming. I, I had so many responses on social media that I, I didn't even know how to read them all. 
Um, and I wrote my brother, who is Ben Dominic, who's in media, and it's is pretty good at at sort of managing something that 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 is a little bigger than than what I was prepared for. And I said, you got to help me handle this because I I'm I'm missing people. And that was my biggest fear was that somebody was going to send me a really important request or or something that was really meaningful to them, and I I was not going to be able to respond or acknowledge them. Um, and thankfully, my brother. Um, at, at about, you know, after a couple of hours out in the sun, totally unprepared to be there, um, I took a break and my brother took every single Twitter response and put it in a spreadsheet and looked up the, <laughs> the location and sent it to me and said, okay, you've got two hours to go before the cemetery closes. Here's your list. Um, so so I, I would have missed so many more um, if it wasn't for him. It's so funny. I, in my in my mind, I'm envisioning like a, an episode from the Great American Race, you know, where it's like... <laughs> I got to get this done, but yeah, it was like that. I mean, I, we had so many requests. I really had to sort of triage them to a certain extent. And I, when I, I left the cemetery for about an hour in the middle of the day, um, uh, mostly just because I had no water. Um, and uh, when I came back, I made a choice to focus on the requests that came in from Section sixty, um, which, as you know, is where many of the the fallen service members from Iraq and Afghanistan are buried. Um, yeah. because I felt like that could be the most meaningful. So, you know, there were restrictions that day. A lot of people couldn't come to the cemetery because of those coronavirus restrictions. But I would, I would imagine, and this is true for me today, the biggest restriction is just distance. So I would imagine there were still a lot of family members who technically could have visited the cemetery, but because of distance and time didn't. So was there any particular ones that stood out where, where someone wanted to visit someone really close to them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so there was one particular request that came in. Um, from a military spouse who said, you know, here's here's the location of my husband. I'm not sure if he has a gravestone yet. Um, and I, I immediately it stood out to me because that meant he was a very recent casualty. And turns out he had been he had been killed in a in a, a, a plane crash in Ghazni province in January. Um, and he had been buried in in early March, right before they shut down the, the ceremonies for service members. Um, but his wife um, lived several states away and had been unable to return to the cemetery to even see his gravestone. So I, I actually was the first person to visit his grave um, with a headstone. Um, and I was able to photograph it for her and to send it to her and to the mother of the airman who was killed. Um, and I've had the, you know, the privilege to actually stay connected with that family going forward. And I, I have to say it's, it was, to me, that was the one that stood out the most because, you know, she probably wouldn't have been able to visit him on Memorial Day anyway. Um, but because I was there, because of this moment in time, because of this, you know, random viral tweet, I got to be a part of their immediate grieving process, which is incredibly personal and was very humbling for me. Um, and and I, I'll, I'll visit his grave every time I go to Arlington from here on out. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you you provided them an opportunity to see his gravestone that they haven't seen yet. So that's that's really humbling, I guess, or yeah, it's it, impactful it, just to think about. It really was. And it was, you know, again, every single grave I visited was personal for the person that I talked to. But that one in particular stood out to me because of because of the circumstances and the timing and the closeness to the loss that that family had experienced. It's funny. I've known you for a while, mostly because of politics and, and Twitter, which can be good and bad. But um, <laughs> when I saw you doing this, it was really funny to me because I, I had a similar experience and I'm not 
taking credit by any means because you had the gumption and the idea at the right time. But so for me, what yeah, I happened, love the record to show I didn't know you had a similar experience. <laughs> yeah. <afterwards, but laughs> no, no, and and it's it's really I really appreciate you being on here sharing what what you did. Um, but so for me, what happened is I was getting ready to leave DC in 2014 after being there for four years of recovery. And if you know anything about the war and you do having worked for the secretary of defense yourself, um, you, that 2010 to 2012 timeframe was really deadly. And so I was injured in 2010. That's why I was in DC. And so I was always visiting buddies that I had gone to their, their funeral while I was there. And uh, so I would visit at different times and always on Memorial Day. And so I got ready to leave and I realized, hey, I might not be around to do this. So I went over there to visit my buddies and almost all of them, like you said, are in Section 60. And I had that same idea like, hey, you know, I'm sitting here taking pictures of my buddy's headstones. Maybe there's somebody on, I think it was Instagram, that might want to visit somebody as well. And so I posted a picture of my buddy's headstone and, and said the same thing. Like, hey, if, there, if you've got a friend here in this section, let me know. And a guy from my hometown that I'd kind of stolen his girlfriend, actually, uh, that I became <laughs> friends with, um, uh, he wrote back and said, hey, you know, we'll say Corporal Smith, you know, John Smith um, and gave me dates. And so I'm sitting there looking and uh, Meg was with me and I, and I kind of looked up and said, hey, look for Corporal Smith, you know, these dates. And there was a woman and a man walking in from the side from the road. And uh, they just heard me say that out loud. And as they got closer, the lady goes, did you say, you know, Corporal John Smith? And I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, it's the headstone right behind you. That's my son. Today's his birthday. We're, wow. we're here to drink a beer with him. And it's the same kind of thing. Like, I love having you on today because I know that feeling of, you know, this is this is something bigger than just me right now. And this is something bigger than just a coincidence. Like, it, it was just meant to be. And I won't say what the lady shared with me because it's very personal, but it was very much helpful to her that I was there that day and and, and helped her with her own grieving. And so... Um, what you've done here, I don't think you'll ever fully understand how you've helped some of these people. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like I said before, it, it felt like such a privilege to be able to even be a tiny part of these people's story. Um, and, and you know, so many of, you know, as you mentioned, I, I, I worked for Secretary Bob Gates at the Pentagon for many years and I spent a lot of time um, visiting with service members in Iraq and Afghanistan and and went to so many funerals at Arlington with the secretary um, for people, again, who I'd never met in many time, many cases. Um, but this was, it was like a, a, an expansion on everything I've ever done in, in that part of my career um, to, to be able to touch so many people. Um, but at the same time, I felt like I let thousands of people down because there were so many requests I couldn't get to. And, and I really truly hope that if I, if I plan a little better that I could, I, I could maybe make this an event that, that helps, helps everyone who asks. So it sounds like you have plans to continue doing this moving forward. Uh, I hope so. I, I, I certainly didn't think of it that way in the moment. Um, but, but because I felt like I left, I mean, I, I so I visited, um, I think 62 graves, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot when you're one person running around a big place. Um, uh, and I, I, I really probably had several hundred requests I didn't get to. And, and I, I had wished on that day that if I had even planned ahead by 10 minutes, I could have invited three or four people to come with me and drive into the cemetery in my car with my pass. And I could have maybe visited all of them, but, but I didn't. And so 
you know, I hope next year, maybe it's something that I can organize a little bit better, um, work with some nonprofits that have some experience doing events like this and, and, and see if there's a way to, to plan ahead and to, to really take this to more families and, and honor more people, because that's really what it's all about. Well, I'm going to try to challenge you to, to do this again and, and to get people to help you. Um, and with that being said, is there social media that people can find you at so that when Memorial Day rolls around, they know where to make a request or offer to help? Because there are cemeteries beyond Arlington that uh, that people could be helpful in the same way. Um, I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, um, yeah, fine. absolutely. I I, uh, I think um, so. I'm I'm as you mentioned. I'm on Twitter, um, eh Dominage on Twitter. Um, and I hope that whatever um, sort of structure I put together for planning this in the future, I'll be able to talk about in advance. Um, I've I've had a couple of conversations with some local charities to talk about whether or not they can help me with their platform. Um, um, I think of it very similarly to something like Wreaths Across America, where they get a lot of volunteers who can come in and and participate in an event. But in this case, it's a little bit more complicated because you need to be able to take in people's names and the locations of their loved ones. And you need to really take a minute to look at their story, too. It can't be impersonal. It has to be something that really gives somebody the opportunity to to tell the story of the person who's in their life. Um, so that's something I don't want to lose. And, and I'm hoping that over the next few months, I can come up with a good plan to, to do this properly next year. Well, I hope that between now and Memorial Day, maybe you have a chance to tell some of the stories of those that, that you did visit this last year, uh, maybe on your social media, or I know I'm just throwing work at you, but I think it's a great thing you're doing. And I, and I want to see you uh, continue to do it. It was cool to see. And I can't thank you enough for being on our podcast today. No, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I, and I, I think it's a good challenge that I'll, I'll do my best to meet. <laughs> to be buried at Arlington National Cemetery is one of our nation's highest honors. I'm lucky enough to have that opportunity myself, and I don't take that lightly. It's humbling to know that one day, when that day comes, there are proud Americans like Emily who continue to honor the men and women laid to rest there, even during difficult times. To hear more stories like this, visit foxnewspodcast.com. And be sure to check back next week for a brand new Proud American Story. I'm Johnny Joey Jones, and thanks for listening.